Well, as we know, Christmas is all about God giving us his son, Jesus Christ, in this mystery of the triune nature of God, how God himself, through Christ, entered into this world that he made, this universe, and then into this earth that he created, and came as one of us, uh, a human being, and yet retained all of his deity. He is the one true God-man. There is no one like Jesus. No one has ever been born like Jesus. And we know that Jesus did not begin to exist at his birth. He has existed eternally with God the Father as one. Again, this mystery of one God existing eternally in three persons, this triune nature of God. And though we don't see that word uh, triune or trinity in the scriptures, the, the theology of it, the thinking of it, and the evidence of it is throughout the scriptures from Old Testament to New. But God was doing this new thing as he came into the world through Christ. And in fact, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words centuries before this happened because God had given him a revelation, a glimpse of what he would do. And Isaiah writes these words, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we see that the angel also told Mary that the child that she would conceive that was of the Holy Spirit, no man was involved in this. It's a miracle of God that the child that would be born to her was to be called Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. So when we think about all that God has given us in Christ today, what I'd like for us to think about in response is what will you and I give to Jesus? Even if you've given of yourself to Jesus prior to today, as we think about moving forward, I'm sure many of you, if, if you uh, are uh, any age at all, you've already given gifts to your loved ones. But you don't say, well, I, I gave to them 10 years ago. I don't need to give anymore. Or, well, I gave last year, so I don't need to give them anything this year. We don't think that way, do we? Because we love people we want to give regularly. And so even if you have given to Christ throughout your life, what will you give to Christ this Christmas and in the coming year? And if you've not come to know Christ I hope that you'll receive the gift of Christ into your life. First and foremost, receive his gift. And then out of appreciation, I believe you'll find that God will change your life and you'll want to give back to Christ. But here are some important gifts to think about because we think, well, you know, God already has everything. I mean, he's the creator of it all, the owner of it all. What can I give to somebody who has everything? But there are some things that God doesn't have if you don't give it to him. First of all, God doesn't have your thanks if you don't give thanks to him. And God doesn't have your love if you don't choose to love him in return. That's a wonderful gift to give back to God. It's what he wants. He doesn't have your trust unless you've given it to him and you've put your trust in him. You see, there are things that God doesn't have from you, and he doesn't force himself on you. He gives an invitation. He gives and gives and gives to us. But what will you give to Jesus in return? Will you give him your thanks? Will you give him your love? Will you give him your trust? And he also doesn't have your cooperation if you don't give it to him. So 
will you give him your cooperation? Jesus came into this world to give himself sacrificially for you and I, that we might know who this creator God is. There are so many people that say, well, if God is real, why doesn't he just show himself? Well, he has. And he continues to show himself, not only through what Christ has done when he walked this earth, but the effects of Christ and his Holy Spirit still in the world in the lives of those of us who have put our trust in Christ. So that no one is really without excuse. When we look at the stars and the sky and the galaxies, and even with the Hubble telescope and everything that we see that is being able to explore the universe, and as we get microscopes and electron microscopes and more and more power to see down at a molecular level, there's still a mystery to this life. And all of it is evidence of God, a, a, a creator who is intelligent and wise and who has put all this together. Yet so often we choose, we choose to not believe that. We choose to try to figure out, well, we must have got here some other way because there can't be a God. So we got to explain how we got here. God has given us all the evidence so that there is no excuse. So we need to have our eyes opened and say, okay, God, you have given us so much. You've given us the universe. You've given us life. You've given us Christ. Jesus himself said after he grew to adulthood, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, his words are recorded, talking about himself. He said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, a payment for our sin. That same prophet Isaiah spoke of Messiah's birth and also wrote about him as he would grow to manhood. And in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 6, it says this about the Messiah, Christ. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So in recognition of all that Christ has given for us and done for us, we ought to, out of gratitude, give sacrificially back to him. Give something sacrificially. The whole idea of a sacrifice is to give up something of value to you for something else that is really important. So the first thing I'd like to challenge you to do and encourage you to do this Christmas and into next year is to give Jesus something valuable. Don't just give him a tip or a trinket. Give him a treasure, a treasure out of your life. When Jesus was born, there were some foreign dignitaries known as the Magos. It was a name that was given uh, by the Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, to uh, those who were like, they studied the stars, they were like astrologers, or uh, some people referred to them as magicians, uh, others referred to them as wise men. They're referred to in the scripture, actually, they're only referred to as this, but there are some people that refer to them as kings. You know, we've got a, a, a famous uh, song that we sing every Christmas, We Three Kings of Orient are. I'm not going to sing it for you, don't worry. <laughs> but... There's nothing in the Bible that says they were kings. The reason that there is an assumption that they might have been royalty or kings was because of the gifts that they brought to Jesus. They were very extravagant 
and valuable gifts. There's a whole other message that I'll bring perhaps sometime about these wise men and some of the assumptions that we make. I will say this. We assume just because there were three gifts that were given, we assume there were three wise men, that one wise man or one of the magos each brought their own gift. But the scripture doesn't say that. It just says they brought the gifts. There could have been a whole entourage of people that made that journey. But anyway, we see this recorded in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. On coming to the house, so this is now after Jesus is born. He's no longer in the stable. Some time has passed. But they saw the sign, the star of Christ's birth, and so they followed that to where Jesus was. They came uh, into Jerusalem, and then they ended up going to Bethlehem. And it says this in Matthew 2.11, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. These were extremely valuable gifts. These people were not of Israel, and yet they gave sacrificially in honor to Messiah, though they maybe didn't fully understand what it was all about. They just knew that something amazing was happening, and they wanted to honor God. So are you willing to give something of value in your life to Jesus this Christmas and in this coming year? See, here's the thing. Mary and Joseph were not wealthy people. And I believe that these gifts that were brought to Jesus and to Mary and Joseph probably were used a little bit later on as currency because Herod wanted to eliminate any competition. And when Herod heard that Jesus was born and supposedly he was going to be this Messiah, Herod began to put out an edict to have all children under the age of three killed, put to death. And so Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus or the young child, the toddler Jesus, had to flee from Jerusalem and from that area, and they went to Egypt. How can a poor family afford to make a journey like that and stay in a foreign land unless they have some finances and some means? I believe, the scripture doesn't say this, but it makes sense, doesn't it? They were given these wonderful gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they could have used that as currency somehow, selling or trading in order to get lodging to pay for the cost of their travel and their stay in Egypt. God provides. Here's the the thing. God will often provide for those in need through those of us that share what we have with others in need. This is what these magos did. They gave something valuable. If they would have just given Mary and Joseph and Jesus a little trinket, a little tip, a little memento, that would not have sustained them. They were willing to give something of value. So in your life and my life, what are we willing to give of value for the work of Christ in the world? I'm going to give you some specific examples today. I want to give you some action points Because it's fine if I stand up here and preach a sermon and give you all of these ideologies and these things that we ought to do. Well, I'm going to give you some specific things. So I hope that uh, you'll bear with me in this. I hope that you'll not uh, get irritated with this. But just like we go through a shopping list and we try to think of good gifts that we could give to our loved ones or we ask them, well, what do you want for Christmas? And then we try to to get something in line with what they would want. I'm going to give you some specifics today. I'm going to give you a shopping list for Jesus. And so the first thing 
as a real action point of this message is we have many people in need right now because of the tornadoes that swept across our country. We've all heard about it in the news. There are many people right now who are homeless and hurting. And they need help. They need financial help. And yes, we have a government that will provide some financial assistance, but they need spiritual help. They need people to come alongside them and along with the finances to give them spiritual counsel and guidance. And this is one thing that Samaritan's Purse provides. Every time there's a disaster, they send people, volunteers, representatives into an area to come alongside people, to pray with them, to encourage them. And there is finances that are provided. Also, the American Baptist Churches, uh, USA, we have an offering that we take part in every year called the One Great Hour of Sharing. It happens usually like around the summertime. But that money that goes in there isn't just used in the summer. It is stored and it's used for events like this. And so there are two ways today or this week or in the, in the coming weeks you can think about this. But this is a specific action point. If you would like to give a gift to Jesus and to go for the work of Jesus, then I would encourage you to consider giving a gift a financial gift to Samaritan's Purse. In fact, if you've got the online sermon notes on your smartphone, uh, or if you've pulled those up, and if you want to know how to get on those, just talk to the church office, talk to Rhonda. Uh, we can let you know how you can get access to those sermon notes every week. But in those sermon notes, I put a link right in there. You can tap it right on your phone, and it'll take you right to the website, and you can choose what you want to give. If you don't like the technology, you can make out a check to ABC Ohio, and then in the memo line, uh, just put the OGHS Central Tornado and the money. We'll send it to our main office in Ohio, and that will get uh, to be used with our American Baptist brothers and sisters in Christ in those areas that have contact with people on the ground. I don't know if you're aware of this, but years ago when the fire swept through the facility at Porterfield in 2005, we received funds as a church from that one great hour of sharing, and we were the benefactors of people who had given. Because they cared enough about Jesus to give to him, and we are the body of Christ all together as believers, so we are giving to Jesus when we do this. We, we benefited from that. Another way that you can give to Jesus and his work in our community and in the world is to support our church budget. Oh no, here he goes. He's talking about money and the church and all that. Well, that is a part of life, isn't it? How many of you have gotten here today without any money, without having any kind of income? So the church is no different. The body of Christ, now God provides, but he provides through the giving of people. And so again, what can you give to Jesus this Christmas and into the future? You can give to him every time you give an offering into the life of the church. Whether you send it in or give one line or drop it in the offering box while you're here but it's really important, and we want to manage the Lord's money well. We want to be good managers or stewards, and so tonight we have a business meeting. We have it once a year. We have business meetings quarterly, but this meeting that we have, we have wanted to present to you. We're very open about our finances. We don't keep things secret, so you can see where every dollar goes in ministry here. You can see, uh, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to have that annual business meeting. We encourage you to come. We need you to be here. You can pick up a copy of the budget out at the information desk, look it over. Uh, and then tonight, we're asking you as a church body, as you look it over, 
to prayerfully consider supporting this budget. There's been a lot of prayer that's going over it. We've talked to our ministry leaders, our volunteers. We've gotten items that, that they need each year. And then we're also supporting many missionaries. So when you give into the offering here at Porterfield, don't think that it just goes into Pastor Mark's pocket or the staff's pocket. Yes, we do receive funds, and we greatly appreciate it because then we can devote our entire lives and energy to serving you. But it, get, it not only goes to staff, but it goes to missionaries around the world. It goes to items like I've mentioned this morning, like um, the, the tornado victims. In fact, our mission team has voted to take a portion uh, of $1,000 of our designated funds for mission work, and we're going to send it uh, to help with the tornado victims. So again, I want, you to, I want you to know that and hopefully feel good about when you give here into the life of the church, that your funds are going out for the ministry of Christ. Here locally, yes, in, in this city and, and in this region and in the state, but also across the nation and then even to other places. So here are some specific ways, uh, and I know it may be hard for you to see, and they're not, it's not a, a, an all-conclusive uh, list, but when you give regularly into the life of the church with your regular offerings week to week, month to month, a portion of that goes to support our missionaries on the field. There are the Klimmers who are working in Sudan, Africa, and the De De Democratic Republic of Congo. In Nicaragua, Christy Lafferty and the Kayazos, who we supported for years, and they're, they're doing a wonderful work with feeding centers for children and teaching them to have skills to be able to work and, and to be able to earn money and support themselves, the people there. In Thailand, we support Kit Ripley and Elise and Mark Juanes. In the Philippines, Joseph Salvador, Brian Regara, Jason Talaba, June Mejia, his son Joshua just visited us last year. There's other missionaries that we support, the Smiths and Kathy Omer and Ruth Fox. And we also designate a portion of the funds that you give on a monthly basis to Operation Christmas Child so that those shoeboxes that have all those gifts for those children has the gospel message in them and they're going around the world. We don't talk a lot about this Sunday after Sunday. I mean, the information is there, but I wanted to highlight this today to encourage you to think about the importance of giving. It's not just dropping some money in the plate because, oh, they're asking for money. This is ministry, and I want you to see it as giving to Jesus. It is a gift that you can give to Jesus, just like those that Magos uh, gave those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Christ, and they were used so your giving is greatly used. Here locally, local, state, and uh, our national missionary work, we, we support uh, the work of Campus Crusade for Christ on college campuses. Uh, here in, in our area, the Barners and the Newtons who work uh, with Athens, uh, in Athens at Ohio University, and then also at Marietta College. We support Blessings in a Backpack that helps feed children who uh, come from homes where maybe their parents aren't providing enough food for them or they got things going on in their life. And so through the school system, we provide funding so that those children can take food home over the weekends called Blessings in a Backpack so they can have something to eat over the weekend. We do this on a regular basis during the school year. We support the homeless at the Latrobe Street Mission in Parkersburg, High on Hope Addiction Recovery Ministry, and work at the Women's Care Center in Parkersburg that provides counseling and help for women who had not planned to become pregnant, but they are pregnant, they're scared, they're, they're wondering about what they should do, 
And this is a place they can go to get ultrasounds, to get counseling, to get help, to encourage them to keep that child and to give that child's life a chance. And we want to be supportive of not only the child, but the mother and uh, the family. And then here at Porterfield, just locally as a church, we do Night to Shine. And I'll be talking a little bit more uh, about that in a little bit. Upward Sports, our ongoing evangelism and discipleship in these areas, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, our adult Christian education groups, our deacon ministry, our worship service expenses, our church staffing, the facilities that we have. God's blessed us with some wonderful facilities here, and they need to be maintained, and they need to be updated. And then certainly our Building for the Future campaign that people are contributing to, to now as a vision for the future and how we can provide an outreach center that will be a blessing to this community where many activities can happen and can happen in a Christian atmosphere, a positive atmosphere. And by the way, the last offering of the year, which will be next Sunday, the entire amount of that offering will go toward the Building for the Future plan. We set up the budget so that it operates on 51 weeks, and then that last week, the entire amount will go for the Building for the Future fund. 25% of that will go for debt reduction on our current uh, loan that we have, and then 75% of the remainder of that will go toward the future project. All of this takes money. But don't just look at it as the church asking for money. See it as a treasure that you can give into the work of the kingdom of God. The other thing that we can give is, along with giving Jesus something valuable, we can give Jesus something practical. And that is your service. Jesus is practical, and he likes practical gifts. He came into this world to be very practical. The whole definition of practical is uh, concerned with the actual doing or use of something rather than with theory and ideas. Jesus came to make theology real to us. He brought God to us in a very practical way and walked among us and healed and demonstrated his power and gave his life for us and rose again so that by faith in him, we can be forgiven of our sins and have a hope of eternal life because of Christ's resurrection. And he now in heaven and his spirit dwelling in us as we open our life to him. I can't explain it. I cannot explain it. It's a mystery. But I know I've experienced it. I can tell you years ago when I was a young man, and I heard the preaching and the teaching about Jesus. At first, it didn't kind of make sense to me, and I didn't understand why. And I've shared this story before. But over a, there was many things that was happening that God was speaking to me. And I remember hearing the pastor say it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross because he was powerful enough. I mean, he calmed the seas. He healed people from a distance. He raised the dead. He had done all these things. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus to that cross. It was his love for you and for me. And that's why he gave his life, because he knew that once he died, he was going to show his power over death once again and conquer death. And he did it then, and church, I'm telling you, he's going to do it again. He can do it today. Put your faith and trust in Christ, because even though we go through the doors of death now, and many that we care about have passed on, and they've gone through the doors of death, but the scripture tells us that by faith in Christ, they're in the presence of Christ. And this, again, is a mystery, but one day he's going to give us a resurrected body, and they're going to join us, we're going to join them, and we're going to have a new glorified body like unto the resurrected body of Christ. 
And just as people waited for centuries and centuries and centuries for the hope of this Messiah to be born into the nation of Israel, and probably they got to a point where they thought, this is never going to happen because it hasn't happened for centuries and centuries. Why would it happen now? And then it happened. And this is the way it is in our day and time. There are many people who say, well, where's this promise of his coming? He's been promised that he's going to come back. I've heard the church talk about he's going to be coming back. It's been over a thousand years and centuries. And so he's not coming back. Oh, don't you bet on it. Because Christ is true to his promises. And in the same way that after centuries he was born into the world, in the same way after centuries he's going to return. God is true to his promises. So put your faith in him. He is a practical God, and he wants to make a practical difference in your life. The Apostle Paul reminds us of this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He writes this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What he's saying is, if you truly want to worship God, don't just do it with your mind, but do it with your body. Put action behind it. Do things that would carry out God's will in the world to help those in need, to help others. Because you and I now are the body of Christ in the world. His spirit is in us, and he's using us as his body to make a difference. So don't just sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. You give Jesus something valuable of your service, it's a gift that he would love to have, and he doesn't have it unless you give it. Paul goes on and he writes, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm gonna challenge some of you to spend as much time, at least as much time, in the word of God, either reading it or listening to it, or studying it as you do on social media. If you will give God as much time as you spend on Facebook, flipping through that thing every day on your tablets, on your phones, you can get the Word of God on your Bible, or on your phone, and on your tablet. And you can flip through the Word of God, and you can read it. And I assure you, there's going to be a lot more uplifting things that you're going to read there than you will on social media. I believe this is something that the Apostle Paul would preach strongly on, if he were here today. And in fact, the Holy Spirit is here today, and I believe he's speaking to us through me. And whether it's social media or whatever it is that seems to dominate your mind and your thinking, whether it's watching constantly the news uh, on TV and flipping through the 24-hour news cycle of all the garbage and the stuff and the divisiveness that we hear day in and day out, no wonder people are depressed, no wonder people are upset, no wonder people are angry. The songs that we listen to. I'm going to get preaching now. The songs we listen to. Yesterday, I was, on, I was driving uh, down the road, and I thought, I'm going to put it on a country station. Put it on a country station. By the time I got 10 minutes down the road, I'd heard three songs glorifying whiskey. Whiskey, you know, Whiskey River, all this kind of stuff, looking at life through a whiskey glass. And I thought to myself, it is no wonder we've got such an alcohol problem in this world because whiskey and alcohol and all this stuff is being glorified. And if you just constantly fill your mind with that, the sex, the stuff that is in the programs, all of the stuff that we watch and we allow to come into our mind, 
it is no wonder that people are lost and, and struggling and wonder where God is. If you would take your time, instead of listening to that, and focus on the Word of God, I believe on the authority of the Word of God, it will make a difference in your life. It's why the Apostle Paul said, the renewing of, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't renew your mind if you're just stuck in the same old stuff of this world all the time. And he says, if you do that, if you don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So here's a way that you can give of your service for Jesus. Again, I'm going to give you some action points. This is a big thing for some of you. You may say, well, that's too big or too much or I can't do that. That's okay. There's other things you can do. But one of the things that you could do is to give of your service in traveling with a group of people from Porterfield to Nicaragua. Allison Henry and our mission team are preparing to take a group from Porterfield to go to Nicaragua to minister with the Kayazos there, the missionaries on the ground. And so go ahead and put that slide up um, about the Nicaragua trip. So again, if you've got your online notes on your phone, you can click on the link or you can just go to our website, pvcexchange.com. When that comes up on your phone or your computer or your tablet, once the website comes up, you can just scroll down through till you see this image and you can tap on that and it will explain about the mission trip and then you scroll on down to the bottom of that and there's a little box or a button that you can tap on and you can download the application. If this is something that you're interested in doing, then I encourage you to pray about it, check this out, fill out the application. If you wanna go on the trip because we need to plan months ahead of time, we need your applications in by January 2nd. So this is a gift that you could give to Jesus now in these coming weeks. There's another way. If you say, well, I really don't think I can travel and, and do all that. Well, what about here at home? There is something special that you can give to Jesus coming up in just a couple of months, but we need your response in, in the next few weeks, and that is to help out with our Night to Shine event. Night to Shine is something that we have uh, done here over the last few years, and it is for, to provide a special night for those who have special needs and to create a celebration, a prom-like event for those who never normally get to experience those kind of things. And we make it all about our special and honored guests that night. Well, because of the pandemic, we weren't able to do that last year. And again, the Tim Tebow Foundation has decided this year, again, just to, out of abundance of caution, rather than to have the in-person meeting, we're doing what we call a drive-through event or a shine-through. And we need volunteers for that. And so uh, if you're interested in doing that, again, I've got the link uh, up there on the screen. You could jot it down, night 2 the number 2, shine.com. Go there, and you'll get information about it, and there's buttons you can click. If you have the online sermon notes on your phone, you can tap. The link is right there, and it'll take you right to it. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible. And if you'd like, here's what we need for that. We need some participants to be willing to maybe do a brief house visit. They call them spotlight visits on January 30th, so the, the end of January, for some potential attendees, those homes that have a person who has special needs, to just go to their home. You don't necessarily have to go in. Just It could be a porch visit. But just to give them some information, to let them know we care about them, and to invite them to this event. Uh, I plan on 
that's one of the things that I plan on doing this year. I would love to be able to do that, to connect with some of these families and to encourage them. We also need people to be willing to decorate their trunks and purchase trunk donations. That's a pretty simple thing, so maybe you could do that. We also need some people to be willing to be like paparazzi to surround the cars as they uh, drive through the uh, event on the shine through date. So again, you can click on that. It says, I want to volunteer in 2022. And that's another way that you specifically can give to Jesus this year. So just in summary, I want to give you quickly, using the body as an illustration, some things that you can give to Jesus this year. First of all, let's think about our hands. Give him your hands to serve and to help people in need. Ephesians 4.28 says this, he who has been stealing must steal no longer. You see that? I mean, there's hope for those who steal. God wants those who steal to come into his kingdom, but he wants them to change. He reaches out to those who are thieves and who steal, but he says, you've got to change, and I'm offering you forgiveness and grace. I want you to be part of my family, but you've got to be willing to turn from your sin and not do that anymore and use your hands to do something that is for me. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Think about your arms. Give Jesus your arms this Christmas to embrace others with compassion. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those who in any trouble with who are in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You could do that through night to shine. Again, that's just one of those ways. But what about your feet? Give him your feet. Go where he wants you to go. Take him with you as you go. Romans 10, 13, and 15 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one in whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them or talking to them about it. And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You can do that through the Nicaragua mission trip, but you can do it just here in our hometowns, going to those who haven't heard the message. What about your mind? Give him your mind attentively, your thoughts, your mental focus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Again, are you willing to have your mind renewed and give Christ Jesus your mind this Christmas? And then finally, give him your heart. Romans 10, 9, 11 says this, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's, it's a done deal. It is a promise from God. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth you confess and are saved. We saw that this morning through baptism. Zach and Rachel believed in Christ, have believed, they professed with their mouth. They did it before the baptism, but the baptism is absolutely a, a public proclamation, an unashamed proclamation of their faith in Christ. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So today, 
as you leave, if you haven't already done so, we have some packets out there near the information desk. It's a Ziploc bag. It has a little box in it, and it's got one of these sheets in it. If you haven't already got one, we'd like for each of you to take one per household. And it has some icons on here, some, some symbols, and there's a little box that you can write your own thing in here if you want. But these are all symbolic of gifts that you can give to Jesus. And again, for Christmas Eve, for our interactive video presentation that we're going to do, we encourage you to take one of these and cut out one of these items or write in something that is maybe not here that you want to give to Jesus. And as you watch the Christmas Eve special video presentation that we'll be putting forth, we want you to, to take that as a moment of worship interactively and wherever you're at to put these in the gift box and place it under your tree or place it wherever is meaningful for you and let that be a symbol of your gift to Jesus this Christmas and in the coming year. Would you stand and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you have given to us in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we want to give something valuable back to you. So, Lord, I pray that you would help those to join me in this prayer, that I give my hands, Lord, to you in service. I give you my arms to be used compassionately to help people who are hurting. Lord, I give you my feet to carry the good news of Christ. Forgive me when I haven't done that, and help me, Lord, to be more mindful of opportunities wherever I go to talk about you and to encourage others to believe in you and to trust you. I give you my mind, Lord. Forgive me for the times that I filled my mind with things that has not been helpful and has led me down a wrong path. Fill my mind, Lord, with your word and your love and your thoughts. Renew my mind through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I give you my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live for you. And Lord, help us to give of our finances back into the work of your kingdom, the ongoing work. Help us to give you a treasure, not just a tip or a trinket. And Lord, thank you that you will take these funds and you'll multiply the effectiveness of them that we might continue your work. So Lord, I just thank you for your message. I thank you for the gift of your life. And I pray that we will be willing to give our lives back to you as a gift in return. We give you all praise and thanks in your precious name.